Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Notice, if you would, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and verse 3, out of the New King James Version Bible. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. If you look, if you don't mind, look at that statement in verse 2 about the middle part where it says he endured the cross. He endured the cross. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. He endured so that I might endure. He endured so that I might endure. Endurance means to hold fast to one faith. Faith. To be steadfast, as of course we're talking about this morning, our faith, to be consistent during the faith. It's doing the word while waiting for the word to fully manifest in our lives. For example, when God said he's going to heal our body, that doesn't mean we stop praying. For men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. So we continue to pray despite the fact that we may be challenged in our body. We're doing the word while we're waiting for the word to manifest in our lives. We have a good attitude while we're waiting for the word to come to pass. We have a godly attitude while we're waiting for the word to come to pass. Even at times we will face seasons in our lives where endurance will become necessary if we're going to be deemed faith walkers. Seasons mean a period of time that is distinguished by certain conditions or situations. And then when we do that, it's going to be a time where we're going to uh, have to do that in order to be regarded or considered or deemed faith walkers, where we walk by faith and not by sight. When one is dealing with financial pressure and you have to choose between paying bills or remaining faithful to God and giving, especially when you haven't seen the manifestation of Luke 6 and 38, it's going to take endurance. For Luke 6 and 38 reads as follows, give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We must continue to give and mature in our giving and mature in the word of God. So in turn, we can increase our giving. So in turn, we can receive the bigger harvest. For Luke 6 and 30, it is clear, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now understand something, when you measure, you cannot go about what you give to God to think, to, to understand how God gives back to you. Cause you can give, like, uh, Deke talked, Deke talked a little earlier, you can give that might, and you've got to give everybody in a particular setting or circumstance. And that means you're going to get a bigger harvest than some of the ones who have always, amen, thought they were doing uh, grand by their giving. Uh, think about it like this. Everybody, sometimes people measure your return by money alone. 
They don't they forget about the peace and the joy and the love and everything else that comes along with your giving. That's why I thank God. He says, when you give, it shall be given back to you. Even when faced with health challenges, you heard the doctor and, and your body feel like it's trying to agree with what the doctor has said. In other words, you got, in other words, he says high blood pressure or she says high blood pressure. And your body says, I agree with, I got high blood pressure. Uh, it, the doctor can say you got arthritis and your body will say, I agree with arthritis. Your, your, your body can say, I agree with bursitis and high sugar levels and knee ache and backache and COVID-19 and sinus infection and asthma and whatever you name it. See, that's why it takes endurance to believe God despite the fact what your body is trying to agree with. It takes endurance. It takes scriptures like Jeremiah 30 and 17. Let's turn to Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. Because we need to understand Jeremiah 30 and 17 as well as Exodus 15, 26. Let's go to Jeremiah 30 and 17. You need to see these scriptures. I know they're not ones we normally go to, but... I want to take a moment just to look at these two scriptures. First one is Jeremiah 30 and 17. I want you to notice what it says. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they call you an outcast, saying, this is Zion, no one seeks her. I like that first part where God says, I will restore health to you. Now, if anybody can restore health back to your body, it's God. If anybody can, listen, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what your body is trying to tell you, God can restore health back to you. He can restore, and I appreciate the fact that God can restore health back to you. And I love the fact that because man may not can restore, they might say, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know what you should take. I don't even know what the problem is sometimes. You ain't live long enough to the doctor says, I don't even know what the problem is, what you got right there. The x-ray don't show me what it is. I'm not sure with my medical expertise, but God knows what's wrong and he can restore health back to you. How many agree with that fact that God can restore half back to you? I'm talking about, I mean, you mean you can mess up all the, uh, mess up four or five times and God can restore good health back to you. Repent and ask God to heal your body. Let's go to Exodus 15 and 26. Exodus 15 and 26. Another scripture we want to uh, look at. Exodus 15 and verse 26. Six. Like I say, it's not one we often go to. That's why I want you to see it in your reading. Exodus 15 and verse 26. The Bible reads as follows. And said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Notice what he says here. If you diligently heed what the voice or the commands of God. And do accomplish what is right in his sight. 
You give ear or pay attention to his commandments and keep his statutes or his ways of doing things. I want you to notice something what God will do. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the e. Egyptians. So God had in that particular case had brought diseases on the Egyptians. And so therefore he says, I can keep the diseases away from you if you take heed to what I'm saying. And I like that about God. I like that because man will put stuff on, one indication is that man can put stuff on you, uh, that only man has control or he might think he has control over that disease. But one thing about God, God can put stuff on the world that he doesn't put on his people. And I love that because that means there's no sickness, no disease that God cannot heal. Therefore, endurance says I'm going to continue to do the word while I wait on the full promise of the word of God to manifest or to become obvious to the eye or mind or to display that in my life. Notice again, Exodus 15:26. if you would diligently, if you would listen to, you would understand and obey and heed the voice of the Lord your God and do and accomplish and perform or produce what is right. Uh, what is right, what is righteous and pleasing in God's sight and give ear to his commandments and keep and guard and protect all his statutes, not some, but all his statutes, everyone he knows how to do, even the one that says you need to repent. If you keep those, I will put none of the disease on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So he had brought some diseases on the Egyptians. But God says, I will heal you from those diseases. Notice the promise that God gives the latter part of this particular text. As we endure and striving to perform his word, we can go in prayer and remind him of his promise to us that despite what we're dealing with and claim, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I bought on the Egyptians. So anything that the world got, we don't have to claim. Thank y'all for the two amens right there. Anything that the world has, we don't need to claim on us as children of God. Because if the world got it, that don't mean that we should have it. But health challenges are real. Health challenges are real. Whether it is us or a loved one, health challenges are real. That's why it takes confidence in God's word to help us to overcome them. And then we got to believe, just like God said in Jeremiah 3 and 17, I will restore Restore health to you. I will bring or increase your health. I'm going to heal you, cure, cure you, make whole and repair you of your womb, says the Lord, because they call you an all cast saying, this is Zion. No one seeks her. One thing I know about God, there's not a sickness, there's not a disease that God cannot heal. There's not one. I mean, you can put something on there and people can go all, they can say, scientists can say, I don't know what to do. Doc, the best doctor in the world, the expert in the world says, I don't know what I can do. But God can heal every sickness, every disease. How many agree that God can heal every sickness and every disease? I mean, is there one sickness and disease that God can't handle? Not one. Not absolutely none that God can't handle. None. 
And let me say this to you. And you can have loved ones that are dealing with horrendous diseases. But you got to understand that God can heal every sickness and every disease that comes. That's why endurance will keep us regardless of the season that we are in, being a season of high productivity and prosperity, as well as a season of difficulty and challenges. See, godly endurance will cause us to hold fast to our faith in God's written and revealed word and to produce steadfastness, steadfastness as well as consistency, consistency when blessings are flowing, increases manifesting, peace is being restored, and during challenges, God is still God. He's still God. He still sits high and lifted up. He's still the King of Kings and He's still the Lord of Lords. You know, what I love about God. I was thinking about this the other day. This is a side note for a moment. I was thinking about, you know, there's a lot of people that try to go against God, but in the end, eventually, they're going to come to nothing. And you have thought about this sometimes, that kingdoms can rise up. I thought about the Roman Empire that wrote, that raised up and was ruling a whole Huge territory. And you know what? God did not say a thing. You know, all he had to do is wait for man just to mess him on himself up. You know, I mean, God don't have to do nothing. I don't care what president you see up in, up in the White House. Sooner or later, they're going to mess their own self up. Because that's who they are. Man can only do so much. He's limited in what he can do. But God has been reigning since the beginning of time. I mean, God has still been on the throne since Adam and Eve, doing David's days, doing Isaiah's days, doing Peter's days, doing Paul's days. And even in the book of Revelation, he is still going to be lifted up on high. He's still going to be king of kings. And he's still going to be lord of lords. And listen, all the other kingdoms will come up and go down. But his rule will still be over all the universes, all the kingdoms of this world. He is still the king of kings you always keep that in mind whatever you go through in life he will always be high and lifted up oh god he's still who he is godly endurance godly endurance will cause us to stand in the midst of trials and persecutions as well as trickery and evil doings deceit and such like just like our lord did even when people are mistreating us and disrespecting us or make us feel some kind of way, endurance will keep us. And Jesus is our greatest example of endurance. He, he endured so that we could endure. He held fast to his faith in the word of God, just like he wants us to do. He was steadfast in the midst of miracles and healings, as well as in the midst of trickery, deceit, people lying on him, evildoers, those that will betray him and eventually crucify him. You know, he got to be special when he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Woo-wee. Boy, that's something right there. I mean, you know that they are lying on you, but and you could do something about it, but yet you hold back your your uh, evangelism. Ooh, that's something right there. You know that they lied on it and you know how to expose them. In fact, God could have made them to- tell the truth in the middle of the trial they were going through. But he gave each person a free will. He gave them a free will. You know God could have stopped them when they were up there telling that lie. He could have said, and that started telling the truth. I mean, just like that, he could have stopped them. But he said, no, I give them a free will. 
He does the same thing for us today. He gives us free will to say what we're going to say and to do what we're going to do. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to remind yourself that, you know, if God would not make people do right, who am I to make people do right? I'm not, you, you shouldn't lose no sleep over things like that. Now, that's why we understand. In fact, Jesus remained consistent in doing the work while waiting for the word to fully manifest in a season where he had been led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We find this over in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. I'm going to turn there real quickly. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. The Bible reads as follows. But he answered and said, it is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this is when the tempter was trying to tempt him. And so, therefore, we understand that the word of God is essential. It's very crucial and necessary when it comes to be able to endure. That's why the Hebrew writer reminds us that we're in a race of faith. We're in a race of faith. And like any race, if you're going to win or even stay in the race, you need good training and even a better trainer. I'm talking about the trainer. I'm talking about the capital T trainer. Not the one we sometimes deal with on our human level. But I'm talking about the trainer, the Holy Spirit, who continues to lead and to guide us into all truth. See, training will help our body, our mind, and our spirit together. You know something about a good trainer? A good trainer will push you to go beyond your normal level. A good trainer will push you to go beyond your normal level. See, a good trainer is going to cause you to, say, step your prayer life up a little bit. Going to cause you to step your fasting life up a little bit. A good trainer will cause you, will let some trials and tribulations hit you. You're like, I can't handle this. But he will put nothing on you that you cannot bear. Ooh, that's a good trainer. That's a good trainer. That trainer can push you. And he knows your limits better than you do. You think you know your, your limits, but God said, no, you can take a little bit more. Well, God, I need help right here. No, you can do a little bit more. No, I need you to do something right here. I need, oh, uh, he, he lets you stay in that thing a little bit longer. And sometimes it's for our own good because sometimes we get hard-headed and because of our choices, we put ourselves in situation, okay, let me see what they're going to do when they get in here. They think they know what they want, but they didn't acknowledge me in all their ways, and I couldn't direct their path. So I'm going to let them stay here a little while longer. I'm going to let them feel that fire a little while longer. And you know if those Hebrew boys got put in the fire, what about us? What about us? Do we think we're going to escape some trials, some hard times, and some what we're going through after everything Jesus went through, after we read scripture after scripture, after people going through tough trials? That's why we have to endure. And we need the word of God to help us endure. And see, a good, good training will help us to build stamina. We get to know ourselves as far as our strengths and our weaknesses. Helps us to train our mind to handle the pressure of wanting to give up or to give in when the race gets hard and intense. I think about this as a marathon runner. Never wrote, ran a marathon in my life. Barely will drive the length of a marathon. 
A marathon, one thing about a marathon is endurance. Endurance. It's not that you finish before everybody else. It's not that you, you're not going to get tired or want to quit or go sit on the side and watch the race go by. Because that would be me right there. Whoa, this is too hard hide up in him. I'm telling you, oh, if I was a marathon runner, y'all see me. Why is Dom stopping on the side right there? Why is he fanning himself? Why are you talking about, y'all, go, go team, go. Because that would be me running the marathon. But a marathon runner would be those individuals that keep on going and they go past when they get tired. So, but before they get there, they got to train in order to get there. Because if you don't train, I'm going to run a 5K to, to tomorrow morning. Five, five miles, but you have not trained one day. Cause you saw them on TV and they looked like they were just so cute with they little, they numb on the back of their shirt, had their uniform on and, and had some nice shorts on, had some good looking tennis shoes on. Oh, had a nice sweatband going around the head. Oh, I can do that. Boy, you get out there and start running five or six steps. Something like, whoo. And then they show you the finish line about three days away. It looked like you can do it, but sometimes it's not as easy as what it looks. And see, sometimes as a Christian, you make it look easier to the folks around you than what it really is. Sometimes your prayer time make it look easy than what it really is. Sometimes the way you study and when you break down that stuff on a Wednesday night Zoom Bible saying, oh, I could do something like that. Oh, I, I could, I could sing like they sing up there. Oh, they look good the way they sing up there because why? They, they have practice. They have put in the time in order to get there. Listen, some things that look easy are not that easy at all. That's why you need endurance. You need endurance to help you make it to the end. You need endurance when stuff get tough. And it's going to get tough. I promise you that. It's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. It got tough for Jesus. What Jesus did, I will wish on nobody. What he took, the cat of nine tails. What he took, them lying on him. When he took the crown of thorns, I will wish that on nobody. Because that was horrendous. And some people, and, and let me say this to you. Jesus was not the only one that was crucified. But he was the only one that took the weight of the world on his shoulders and went to the cross. I'm talking about the weight of the world. You take, you think you got some weight. You ought to saw the weight that Jesus had when he went to the cross back at Calvary. Listen, you might have thought that the nails in his hand was rough. You might have thought that the crown was rough. You might have thought the, the nailing his feet to the cross was rough. But you ought to saw the sin of all of us in this sanctuary. I'm talking about the sin. I'm talking about when you missed the mark, when you did wrong, when you said that I was going to do it but didn't do it, when you lied, when you cheated, when you was a homemonger, when you got drunk, when you did this, that, and the other, he took all of that with him. And could he have stopped somewhere along the way? Yes. But he said, I got to go. Because he looked, everybody look around real quickly. He saw you, these people in the sanctuary. Yeah, I know he saw them back there, but let's get personal this morning. He saw everybody in this sanctuary. And he went, oh, he said, I got to endure. This is going to be a rough one. But if I don't go, Dobbs can't make it. 
if I don't go, Jones can't make it. If I don't go, Smith can't make it. If I don't go, Harris can't make it. If I don't go, I'm not going to make it. I got to go. Even though I'm innocent, I did nothing wrong in the eyes of my father. In fact, the one that took him to the cross said, listen, I find no fault in him. Declaring to the world that he was an innocent, but God. And he was innocent before God, but he was not. But we were not. We were not. It's always amazing to me how people can just look at the life that they live and think they're doing something. They think they done did something because they what? They said two ha ha ha's and he who and gave a little bit and, and prayed a little bit. You think we really did something? That's why I appreciate the grace and the mercy that God has on our lives. I appreciate the fact that Jesus endured the cross. So in turn, we can have a right to eternal life. I would be on my way to hell if Jesus would not have died back at that cross. Because nobody else could have paid the price for everything I did wrong. Because your blood, just like my blood, was tainted. With sin, tainted with all types of lies and deceitfulness. You think that that disease was bad. You ought to solve your sin before God. Because your sin before God is, mm, it was messed up. But Jesus endured the cross. He endured the cross. He endured the cross. That's why you need, but one thing about it though, he was ready before he got here. He came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He was not just talking about the life here on the earth, but he's talking about the life hereafter. Jesus came ready. And what he's doing in our life is getting us ready as well. He's getting us ready as well. And so the best trainers are those who've been through what we're about, what we're going through and they know what it takes to get the victory. They know what it takes to get the victory. That's why when Jesus endured the cross, he knows what it takes for you to be with him forever. He knows what it takes for you to, uh, uh, listen, for you to be with him one day forever. He knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. And Jesus paid the price so that we could live. And I thank God he did too. Therefore, let's go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. He tells us to surround ourselves by such a great a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In other words, Jesus knows what it takes for you to make it and be victorious in this life as well as the life to come. Therefore, we also... uh since we are surrounded by so, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. These are, if we had some pre-training tips that God would give us, these will be the pre-training tips. Number one, remain surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You can go to the Old Testament and pull out Isaiah. You can pull out David. You can pull out Joseph. What a great cloud of witnesses. You can go to the New Testament. You can pull out Paul. You can get Peter. You can get uh, James and John and the rest of them. But the greatest witness we have is Jesus himself. He was the one who paid the price for each and every one of our sins and he showed us how to get the victory. In fact, the Old Testament tells us that that Isaiah and excuse me, Isaiah and David and the rest of those they could only go so far. In fact, the ones in the New Testament can only go so far. But when Jesus came and and it was time for the resurrection, you know who got up? Jesus got up. And you know when he got up, he said, I'm going to, the Bible talks about that they walked, there was the uh, Old Testament saints that walked around on the earth and they walked around because why? They got out from that place that they were because they could only go so far. But Jesus went all the way. Everybody say all the way. And when Jesus went all the way, he got up from the grave and he said, not only am I going to get up from the grave, I'm going to carry you with me. And that means I'm not going to carry Peter and James and John and Isaiah and Daniel and Joseph and the ones in the, in the, in the Bible, but I'm also going to carry you, my sister. I'm going to carry you, my brother. I'm going to carry everybody in this sanctuary if you want to go, but if you don't want to go, I ain't going to force you to go. It's a choice you got to make. It's a choice you got to come up with. It's a choice you got to make. Do I want to be with Jesus forever? Or do I want to live the life I want to live? Because he paid the price. He showed us how to do it. He did it. And we're surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses. And it says, let us lay aside or put away every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Someone's got to be honest with ourselves. And this know for a fact, there is some sin that easily ensnares us. I mean, it just, I mean, it got, it gets us easy. I mean, there's some things in our life, you ain't got to tell me because I don't want to know, but there's some stuff in your life that gets you. And some stuff in your life, and I, it's not that I say this, it's what the Bible says. That's why he says, lay it aside, put it away, lay it down every way, every burden, every issue, every situation that hinders us, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. He said, it's, think, it's some sin in your life if you're not careful. It easily, or it skillfully, or it prevents us, or it ensnares us. And it snares. I said, "Whoa!" I said, "You listen. That's why you got to know your strengths as well as your weaknesses, because you got to know what stuff get to you. You know, if if people do certain things and it bothers you, just don't get around those people. No, well, I'm gonna be strong this time. I'm not gonna start cussing when they do this right here. And next thing you know, you start cussing, doing that very same thing you said you weren't gonna do. Why? Because it easily ensnares you." And the other point it makes is this. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So let us strive forward. Let us spend our strength to perform. That's running with endurance. Stand fast and consistency. The race. In other words, endurance says this. I, I, I'm, I've got what it takes in order to finish. 
I've got what it takes in order to finish the race that is set before us. See, Jesus was in a race, a race that he ran so that we could be free from the penalty and guilt and condemnation of sin. See, Jesus ran his race for those who loved him, hated him, supported him, and those who betray him. Even the ones who nailed him to the cross, Jesus, oh God, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's, he ran the race for those people as well. And I brought, be honest with you, Jesus did some stuff that I, I, I don't even try to think I would do. Because if they would have nailed me to that cross, or excuse me, if they would have tried to nail me to that cross, it would have been on, I can't say on and popping candle because that's not a biblical terminology. But it would have been on. It would have been on. They would have been beating me, trying to beat me with a cat and nine tail. Woo! Everybody know the cat and nine tail is a whoop that had little spikes in it. And when it would hit your back, it would literally dig into your back and pull skin back. Woo-wee! One strike with that would have been over. Everybody have been done. I can tell you for real. Because I knew that was some pain and he took 40. 40. He didn't do it for himself. He did it. Look to the right of you. That person right there. Look to the left of you. That person right there. If you had a mirror, I'd tell you to look at yourself. Because he did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. I appreciate him doing that. Because I know I went in the pen and I love my family, but I would not listen Ask my family to do anything like that for me. Only Jesus would do that for us. Sacrifice. And what's so powerful about it, he did it for folks that literally hung him on the cross. That lied on him before he got there. That did everything wrong to him before he got to the point of where he was at. Therefore, he is our greatest example of endurance. Now, if we keep our eyes fixed, our mind and our body will soon follow. That's why it's important to walk by faith and not by sight. Because sometimes your eyes can wander off the prize. Whew. We have to train our eyes to remain focused on the keeper of our faith, the master of endurance. Goes on to say here in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Woo! Looking at that perfect example, looking at the one, looking at Jesus, the one who endured. His name means Jehovah is salvation. He is our deliverer. He's our protection and he's our prosperity. He is the one true and living God. Again, Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus, who is the author, he's the chief, he is the prince, he is the one who takes the lead, and not only that, he is the finisher. He's the completer. He's the perfecter. He is the highest example of faith and of our faith, our conviction, our confidence, our belief in the written and revealed word of God, our conviction of truth, who for the joy 
that was set before him. The gladness that was set before him endured the cross. One thing I've learned, if you're going to endure, you got to have something set before you that's valuable to you. You got to have something set before you that's valuable to you. Now, let me say this to you. Many of us do this on a day by day basis and don't even think about it. Because some of you would not be going to work if you didn't see some joy at the end on the 15th, 30th, 1st, every two weeks, weekly. Okay, they weren't paying you. Don't answer. Would you be going to work? Don't answer. Don't answer. Because I know some of y'all. No. But you see something in front of you. That's valuable. It's valuable. And that's why he said the joy that was set before him. It was valuable to see us come out of the mess that we're in. Just like it's valuable. Some of us, we work, and we work for our children. Look how y'all looking around. I got 15 amens. Parents know what I'm talking about. Cause you know, this is, you have take, you have taken more than one check and spent it on that child. That child, you spent, that child, you have spent more than one check on that child. You have spent it and then you were happy when you were spending, but when they took the thing that you, you brought them and they left it on the child somewhere, you felt some type of way. See, I, the, I got parents need to be honest with me here. Just stay with me, parents. I'll be, I'll be with you. But you do that because you, why? And sometimes you, and what, what it gets you at is you bought them some things and they were just happy to see them. Oh, thank you, mommy. Thank you, daddy. Oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, and you felt so good. Next thing you know, you're going out buying something else for them. Because why? You saw the joy in their heart and in their face of what they had. Can you imagine what God saw when he was doing what he did? He saw us sitting here on the Sunday morning, and he saw us worshiping him in spirit and in truth. You, we, you, he saw us, amen. No, we really saw us there. He saw us one day with him at the Crystal River. We saw him one day up in heaven one day. We saw him with the gates, amen, with all the different pearls around it. They saw us one day worshiping and around the throne, talking about holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, full of grace, full of mercy, full of truth. One day he saw us. He sees us up in heaven one day. Amen. Worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's what he sees one day. He sees your body. No, not this natural body, but a new body. Woo! I thought about that new body. The one with no pain. The one you don't have to take no ibuprofen for. The one you ain't got to take no blood pressure medicine for. The one you ain't got to go to the doctor for. The one you ain't got to do this, that, and the other for. That body! He saw you with that body one day. He saw you one day. Amen. Amen. With the, around the throne of God. The joy that was set before him. He saw us. But he did all of that. He endured the cross. The cross. He endured the cross. He endured it. He endured it. That cross was something else, y'all. The cross was used as an instrument to punish people. In this case, they punished an innocent man. They punished someone who did nothing wrong. 
they punished somebody who literally paid the price for everyone who did wrong around his trial. He paid the price for them because he endured. He endured so that I can endure. He endured so I could continue to pray. He endured so I could continue to give. He endured so I could love him like I need to love him. He endured so I could have the gift of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us into all truth. He endured so when I get to that job and I feel like snatching or cussing or hitting, he endured. He endured so that when I it get hard for me on my job, hard for me raising children, hard for me. Listen, when your money get funny, he endured for me. When your body is hurting, we talk about rack with pain, hurting. He endured. He endured so when I'm struggling in the midnight hour, thinking about stuff that I'm going through, I say, God, you endure. You endure. You endure. You endure. Everything you go through, remember, Jesus endured it so that you could endure. Now, I'll be honest with you, there's nowhere in the world I can finish the rest of this. I'm going to give you just some of my closing points. One of the things we talked about and we brought up last week is this. The world and the enemy is trying to get us away from the cross. They're trying to get us away from the cross. Unfortunately, there are some church people who say that the cross is too bloody. It's too cruel that we shouldn't talk about the cross. That the cross is something that is antiquated. It is something that was for then, it is not for now. That we should not be individuals who still continue to believe in the resurrection and the pain and everything that Jesus went through on the cross. In fact, the same thing happened in Timothy's day. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 18. I'll probably have to close with this one. 2 Timothy 2 and 18. Now, 2 Timothy, many believe, is Paul's last letter that is recorded in the Bible time. For over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 6 through 8, that's where he starts talking about, for I'm already, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offer, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Finally, there is later for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day and to me only, but also those who love this appearance. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. So many believe that was Paul's last letter. But before he said that, he made a statement in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 18. Who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. As I was getting ready to put this mess, uh, these messages together this week, last week, one of the things that the Lord wanted me to make sure that I emphasized to all of us is that we cannot get away from the message of the cross. 
because the cross is the reason that we are here right now. I'm right here. I'm talking about this day. We would not be here if Jesus did not shed his blood. Hebrews 9.22 said, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or no removal of sin. I'm going to tell you something. It ain't nothing that we do. Nothing. Listen, most of us are the, is the, are, listen, most of us are the reason that he was on the cross. So it sure ain't the reason that he got off of it. We're the reason he was there because we messed up. We did wrong. We lied. We cheated. We gave up. But Jesus endured the cross, despising the shame, went through everything he went through. And now we, it's hard for us to give a praise offering. It's hard for us to say hallelujah. It's hard for us to spend five or ten minutes a day with God. It's hard for us to witness to a brother or sister. It's hard for us to encourage somebody going along the way because we, he endured for us so that we can endure. Now, when, when we read, before we read 2 Timothy 2 and 18, Timothy was a brother that was raised by his grandmother and mother who were pioneers in the faith. Paul was, he was, he was fascinated by how Timothy's mother and grandmother. So you knew Timothy knew the resurrection. He knew faith because, uh, he talked about how Timothy's faith was genuine, just like it was in his mother and his grandmother. But before he makes this statement, he outlines to Timothy, he outlines to Timothy the resurrection, the importance of it, what it is, and what it means to our life as a Christian. And then he re- he makes this statement here in Second Timothy two and eighteen. He says this: Some or who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. We don't want to be that church. We don't want to be those individuals that have their faith overthrown because we don't believe in the resurrection. Therefore, it is imperative that we endure through whatever we got to endure, just like Jesus did, just like he was our perfect example. He endured. So when I go through my trials, I go through my tribulations. And I'm not saying you understand this. I'm not saying you're never going to have another trial. You're not going to have another tribulation. In fact, most of us going to have another trial. Some of us are probably in something right now. We wish we weren't in. The enemy is playing, going after us, this, that, and the other. But whatever you're going through right now, remember what Jesus did. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He went through everything he went through so that we in 2022 and beyond can go through and have victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You know why we can? Because he already had the victory. And what he doing, he has set the pathway up. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Woo! I'm just going to I'm calling some names. If I don't call your name, don't, don't, don't lose no sleep over it. So that if the cross is there, you said a Roberts here. You said a Harris here. You said a Graham here. You said a Smith here. You said a Neely here. You said a Dobbs here. 
You said whoever it is here, because we all are going in that pathway. Woo! Glory! Getting in that pathway. And we're on our way to see Jesus one day. And everything you're going through is going to seem mild in comparison when you see the King of glory in his full majesty. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He endured. So whatever you deal with at your job, at your school, at your workplace, and wherever you are, you, he endured so that you can endure. Keep that in mind as you go throughout your Christian journey. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.